If you are looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to reclaim your fertility to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to another episode. Today, you are listening to episode 109, Consent on Your Fertility Journey. Are you giving it and getting it? So that might seem like a weird topic, uh, but just stay with me and you're going to understand what I mean here in just a couple minutes. So consent is actually defined as a noun and a verb. And as a noun, it is permission for something to happen or agreement to do something. So no change may be made without the consent of all parties is an example of what I mean. Consent as a verb means to give permission for something to happen. He consented to be searched by a detective. Now, most of us think of consent as something that we give for something really, really big, right? Like a medical procedure or in a sexual exchange. And obviously we wanna give consent to be intimate. That's not what we're talking about today. What I want to talk about today are the more subtle aspects of consent in the context of your pathway to parenthood and all of the well-intentioned lifestyle changes that we might be making or thinking about making along the way, or maybe in this case, you've already made. Wherever you're at in that, I want you to listen because I think there's going to be some very eye-opening insights. And I think that looking for ways in which you accidentally take charge and don't ask for consent from your partner on a fertility journey can really save you both a ton of hurt feelings and resentment. Some of you may be hearing this and thinking, my partner wants me to make all these decisions because he just doesn't have the brain space for it, or it'll never happen if I don't make these decisions. And that might seem true or in your circumstance, maybe it is true, but Anytime you're going to make some major changes in your lifestyle in the name of fertility, just ask your partner first. Just ask what they think of the idea. It doesn't mean that you don't get to do it for yourself if they disagree, but just ask. Let them know that you aren't trying to turn your entire world upside down, that that's not your intention with this, and let them feel like they have some say in how they live their lives. Let them noodle this idea in their head. Let them think about it so that they can sort of find a way to be involved and to make it theirs. They'll have much more ownership. Also, let them ask you questions about the why behind it without getting defensive as to why they are asking you these questions and without making it mean that your partner doesn't want a baby as bad as you do. They likely have not been digging into the research around the role that our environment plays in our fertility, and they may not be as privy as you are to understanding like, hey, that flame retardant on the couch is bad news bears for both of our fertilities, or like, this is why we shouldn't use plastic, and we this is why I bought all glass Tupperware. Yes, I know it's heavier, but it's actually not going to disrupt our hormones or give either one of us cancer. So like you have to educate them in a way that isn't demeaning and in a way that makes them curious to find out more. They may not even think that your inability to conceive yet is a problem. And I touched on this a little bit last 
uh, episode when we were talking about the biological differences in men and women and how after three months of not getting pregnant, women tend to think that it's all their fault and it's never going to happen. And they go into this black and white thinking and it takes men on average about 12 months, according to the scientific literature to really go, Hey, there might be a problem. Right. So they very well may not understand the why behind your thought process of making all of these changes. And these changes just, they deserve conscious communication, right? Especially when you're making them in the name of creating a a family, because hopefully these changes are going to be things that you continue to do uh, as a family unit after the baby gets here. It's not just like a, we did this to get pregnant and then we go back to eating McDonald's and microwaving styrofoam, right? These are lifelong changes that we want to implement. And so you can understand that for you, it might be worth it to just like rip the bandaid off and do it all at once. But for them, it might be like really, really startling. So I just say, ask with love, um, be heart-centered in your communication when you are asking them or telling them like, hey, I think I'm going to change the way we do X, Y, Z because they deserve inclusion too, right? This isn't just a, this is your invisible load and you have to take it over. They deserve to also understand why these changes are being made. They deserve to have consent, right? So some examples of what I'm talking about are eating clean, increasing your veggie intake, or maybe even switching to organic or non-GMO when possible. We have whole episodes on why um, this is helpful in food. Um, not keeping alcohol in the house might be another example, maybe throwing out someone's stash of Mary Jane without telling them that could be quite startling for some of you, uh, subbing out your morning coffee for a cup of blended mushrooms instead, like really ask that person first before you start their day like that, um, visiting an expensive specialist for you or your partner, just like making that appointment and then telling them, by the way, this is happening tomorrow, um, deciding to move along with fertility testing without including them or even like telling them your why. Um, when you do have sex, making sure that it's just not relegated to your fertile window only, that that's not the only time that you're coming together. So you get the idea. Believe it or not, these are all real life examples of thorns that can cause somebody to really lose their shit in a relationship. And I have heard more than once. So, you know, when the stress is already high, it might seem like why you're overreacting about this tiny little thing, but you have to take the whole picture into consideration, right? So it might not just be this one thing. This is just like quite literally could be the straw that broke the camel's back. Just the way that you can take your partner's actions or non-actions personally, they can also take these changes personally if they don't know that they're coming. Right. So I'm not lying when I say most people would rather be asked who they voted for and how much money is in their savings than to show me a food journal for the last week of everything that they ate and drank. Right. Most of us have a very, very close relationship with what we eat and when and what our vices are. Right. Like what we use to emotionally check out, whether that's alcohol or cigarettes or pot or Netflix or not exercising or exercising too much, right? We all have our way in which we cope with being human and your partner is no different. And so, yes, I totally advocate for like cleaning up your lifestyle all the time, but not at a price to your relationship or accidentally shaming your partner um, or for the sake of living life perfectly. That is not why I'm big on eating clean and 
not buffering with those things that I just mentioned as a way to check out from our emotions. Understand that we're all in a different place in this game of life and learning how to live our best life as humans. And I really only advocate for these changes to add richness to your life and to the length of your life and to the health of not just your next generation, but their next generation. So basically like two generations to come for like your entire family, these these changes can absolutely have effects on your epigenetic expression. So the way that your genes express themselves, right? Because genetics are really only about 15% of our health. It's the environment, both externally and internally in our heads, that dictate our genes to turn on and off. But if you're going about it in a really strict, restrictive way that is shaming and personifies perfection, that actually negates the goodness in it because your internal environment up in your head is not going to be very nice and helpful to the message that is being broadcasted to your all the cells in your body. And in fact, likely, likely it's going to feel very threatening, right? So you're the own the way that you talk to yourself and go about these and change changes and your intention, your why behind them is absolutely just as important as the change itself. Okay. And your your partner needs buy-in, right? They need to know why they're doing this so that they can have a nice, clean, loving environment in their head too. So if you're making lifestyle adjustments and it feels constrictive instead of expansive, that is your very first clue that you need to dig in and take a deeper look at your reasons and why you're going about this process of change to begin with, right? Are you doing it just solely for the baby? And if so, that's high engagement with high attachment. And we don't want to be there because it's not sustainable. Like those changes, you just won't be able to hold them, especially when the baby gets here and things get more stressful. It'll just be, it'll be harder and harder to hold that with grace and ease, right? You'll be like white knuckling all of these changes. So some of the ways that your partner might accidentally take it personally, when you don't offer them the chance to consent to these changes first is having thoughts like they don't love me the way I am, or how long are we going to have to endure this lifestyle change? Or I didn't sign up for this, or this kid that isn't even conceived yet is completely controlling our lives, or we are going to go broke before they get here. And the responsibility to fix that will fall on me. She only wants me when I'm fertile, or in the case of IVF, all she cares about is my sperm. Or they're treating me like a child instead of the adult that I am without even asking for my permission to make these changes. So these might seem like really extreme examples, but I offer them as a cautionary tale because I think that you really should be checking in with your partner in a meaningful way because I have coached on all of these things when the partner has hit their limit and exploded. And sometimes I'm coaching the partner and sometimes I'm I'm coaching the mel- the well-meaning change changer in the relationship because they're like, I don't know what happened. I don't know why they're so mad at me. I'd made these changes for the greater good. And it all comes back often to consent. So you might very well be the person in the relationship that carries the invisible load of all the shopping, the cooking, the doctoring, and the planning. And we know that this is an unfair invisible responsibility that many females carry as head of household. Uh, in fact, according to Forbes, women in the U.S. make 85% of all consumer purchases and drive 70 to 80% of spending 
among consumers. So I can see the leap of thought and I'll just make the decision because honestly, that's less work for you than asking for permission. It's almost like you'd rather ask for forgiveness, especially if you're anticipating being met with resistance or complaining, but a little honey and education for and time for them to accept this can go a really long way, right? And that might be like some of the examples I gave above, but it also might be like joining my program. So interestingly enough, even though some women are like, well, it's no big deal. I changed our food, but now I have to go ask my husband for permission to join this coaching program because in the long run, it's really expensive. I want to offer you that all of the changes that you're going to make are going to add up over time. And I don't advocate not getting consent for all of these things. I really want you to do them together, even if that means like having a hard conversation. So if you're like, man, he doesn't understand what coaching is. He doesn't understand why I would need it. It's part of conscious communication of like learning how to have that, how to have that um, conversation in a really loving way so that you both can be on board. So, you know, this mutual respect about how we do the small daily things really does add up over time. And I think that it's really important to also consider asking ourselves why, if we are afraid to ask for their input. And if they don't agree, what will you make that mean about you and your relationship, right? So you need to kind of be on to yourself if like you're avoiding this conversation and you're you're anticipating that they're not going to um, agree with you or tell you no, then I want you to understand your next thought leap of what you're going to turn it around and make it mean about you other than they just said no, right? Or they didn't want to do that. So chances are the thought only lives in your head and has no basis in the reality of your relationship. And the reason that I say that is because relationships do live in our head, right? We think that relationships are some living, breathing entity outside of us, but they aren't. They are merely the thoughts that we have about this other person. And you can take a look at the examples I just gave on those thought leaps that your partner can make when feeling forced into a change on a fertility journey. And you can understand that they have no bearing on reality but they're constructed through our own lens of life. And if we have enough of those types of thoughts, that begins to shape our perception of that relationship. It begins to be our belief and our reality about that relationship. So we don't want to control our partner's thoughts, but we also don't want to just do things that we know will set them off, right? Our stories are very colored and created by our past experiences And often our insecurities and deepest fears is a way to protect us, especially when our survival is threatened. And in a subconscious way, infertility is a threat to our survival as a species and to our personal lineage, right? So expect that your brain will pull out all of the stops and try and protect you by concocting grandiose stories based on your deepest fears and worries. And know that it is likely happening to both of you And it's totally okay to talk about it, right? Our stories are our relationships. You know, there is a great Brene Brown special on Netflix. um, And I believe she kind of talks about this very concept of how our thoughts are based on our insecurities. Um, And I won't ruin it if you haven't watched it, but I will say it is so worth watching together if you know that one or both of you can get carried away with your interpretation of what is happening in your relationship. Um, In the special, she shares an example of how both of their brains concocted a story about the very same circumstance that they were both involved in. And their stories 
when they finally came together and talked about it, had absolutely nothing to do with one another. To this day, if my husband and I are not communicating great, we'll go on a walk and one of us will start and we'll say, the story that I'm telling myself is, and then we'll go into it. And immediately the other person knows as soon as they hear the story I'm telling myself, they know, okay, I need to be present. My partner is being really vulnerable. They're trying to tell me that they are struggling and that their mind is basically like a runaway freight train right now. And I need to listen deeply. I don't need to fix it. I just need to listen deeply and not shame them for feeling the way that they're feeling. And we need to work together in a conscious way to come to the actual facts and reality of the situation instead of both of our interpretations of it. And we need to do that lovingly, right? So what that means is that you can inquire to how they got there. If it really doesn't make sense, it helps to not make the other person defensive um, because we are owning that there's a certain amount of our interpretation that we know is hijacked by our brain. We're asking for clarification and for mutual understanding and respect when discussing hot button issues. You know, we're telling them basically with the story I'm telling myself is I'm scared, right? Like this seems so real in my brain, but yet I know that my brain is coloring it, right? And it's likely not the truth. So if you haven't watched it, I believe it's called The Call to Courage. I highly encourage you to make it a date night together. You will 100% have better communication if you take it to heart. So essentially by starting the conversation with, the story I am telling myself. When I do that, I'm giving consent to be vulnerable and I'm asking to be heard in a safe way, right? And I know that you are making all of these changes in the name of enhancing your fertility, but I don't want to see you do it at a cost to your relationship. So if you resonate with any of these things or you realize that you have made your partner's actions or non-actions mean something, Try opening that conversation with the story I'm telling myself and then insert your thought, right? Your relationship together is the key to long-lasting happiness in the spirit of your whole future family, right? It depends on the two of you being the, the heads, right? Like the leaders and being a unified front. And I really do think that conception can last a long time to help us get a better bearing on how we communicate to each other. I think that gestation of humans being nine months is very purposeful so that we can learn to speak to each other um, and ask for our needs to be met so that when the baby comes and we are really tired or hungry, that we can have a really firm foundation for how we talk to each other when we are stressed, even when we're stressed, right? Your relationship is the literal happy ever after, and it deserves to come first. And everything else that comes after that, including your children, are just extra. So I want to leave you with these parting thoughts. If you are making major changes in your lifestyle habits, I want you to just think about this. Did you ask for your partner's consent or did you make the decision from a good intention? And if it was a good intention, Maybe we need to circle back around and own up to what we did. And did you offer them a reason why that you thought that we should make the change? And after implementing it, 
did you check back in to see how it's going? Like, Hey, how is this for you? Is this terrible? Is this like, you'd rather, you know, mow the lawn than eat the salad, you know, make sure you're checking in and asking them and, and, and encouraging them to give you really honest answers. Right. And if they do seem upset about it, did you ask why? Or did you write your own story in your mind and interpret yourself without asking why they're upset? And do you have a way to let one another know that you need to be courageous and have a hard conversation in a way in which you feel safe and loved? I feel like that one sentence changed so much for my husband and I because I didn't have to bottle up anything. I knew that if it was something that I was going to explode with, that I, that one sentence of the story I'm telling myself would, he would just know that he needed to like be present with me. And that has been everything when tackling really hard life choices together. And if you are having an oh shit moment because you made a bunch of changes and never checked in or asked for consent, be brave and circle back around and apologize for not including their input, you would be shocked at how far that that can go because the other person really feels seen and heard and included, right? Sometimes we forget to include our partner in our life, as crazy as that sounds. And if this is the kind of thing that you would like help with, um, this is exactly the kind of thing that we coach on in my program, Conscious Conception. These are things that you can even come to a free consult and get clarification on. So if you have all kinds of assumptions about the thoughts that your partner is thinking, but real no hard proof of that, then let's talk about it. I hope that this has been helpful for you today. And I hope that if you are going to make changes, you will absolutely ask for consent in a loving way and have a conscious conversation about it. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this podcast, I would love it if you would leave a short review wherever you listen. Your stars and kind words help other women find this podcast when it's their turn to conceive. I would consider it the ultimate thank you. And you might even be chosen to hear your review read on one of our podcasts. Bye for now.